You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast with me, Russell Guyver, where we are doing our Sussex Non-League Special. At the beginning of the season, we've been planning to cover the three clubs in particular who have had excellent seasons last year and got promoted to new levels. For example, Littlehampton Town, who as Southern Combination Premier Division winners in 2021-22, they go up into the second tier of the Isbian League for the first time in their history, after a season in which they also got to the FA Vars final for the first time in their history. Taking the place, I guess you could say, of Hastings United, who themselves got a promotion from that second tier of the Ismian League into the Ismian Prem, and we'll be having another look at Worthing, who got promoted from the Ismian Prem into the National League South for the first time in their history. So we'll be talking a little bit later on to Peter Vale, club co-commentator and podcaster for Worthing FC, friend of the show, who's been on before. We've also had a little bit of a focus on Hastings United, although sadly we weren't able to get any audio representation from them as they weren't able to get in touch in time, unfortunately, with us. However, we did speak to Littlehampton's chairman, Rob McAleese. Um, this was a conversation we had last week, the first part of the preparation for this podcast. So here is the conversation between me and him, which took place last week, where he was discussing the fantastic season that Littlehampton Littlehampton have just had, and also the preparations for the summer and looking ahead to the new season. So here's me chatting to Rob from Littlehampton. Okay, so we are now talking to the Littlehampton FC chairman, Mr. Rob McAleese. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. How are you? I'm absolutely splendid, yeah. Can't complain one a little bit. Fantastic. And I'm not surprised, really, because things have been going well for the club, haven't they, amongst other things. Um, fantastic time last season, um, along with Hastings and Worthing, we've all had superb uh, campaigns, promotions, and in your case, um, some cups as well. Um, first of all, I mean, I'll get into talking a bit more about you, uh, your role in general in a minute, but just talk about last season, first of all. How good was that? 
can you really wish for anything better? We won three trophies. We lost at Wembley, but we didn't really lose as a club because I tell you, at Wembley, it's like every boy's dream, isn't it, going to Wembley? So we lost a football match at Wembley, but we gained as a club. So, you know, to us, it was a fantastic season. It really was brilliant, wasn't it? And just to explain to anyone who doesn't know, the, the Wembley trip was the FA Vars, um, which is, um, I think I'm right in saying, open to all non-league clubs below step four. I think that's correct, isn't it? So you were in one of that's the correct. one of the yeah. top levels that were eligible. Um, however, um, what that does, it provides clubs who are lower down the food chain, so to speak, with a rare opportunity to get to Wembley. As you said, it's every boy's dream or every girl's dream as well to play to play football at Wembley and for, for the Littlehampton uh, team to, to get there was superb. You'd actually got to the, the semi-final before, I think, in a, a madcap season in the beginning of the 90s, I was reading, where you seemed to have won the what was then the Sussex County League uh, title, um, got to the first round of the FA Cup uh, with a record crowd, I think, uh, hosting uh, Northampton, and got to the FA Vars semi-final. I think I'm right in saying that was on the same season back in the day, wasn't it? Um, That's correct, yeah. I guess you could say this, this has gone one step further, hasn't it? Because you've won the, the modern equivalent of the Sussex County League. The uh, I think it's called the Combined Counties, isn't it? Or, or Southern Counties, I think. Uh, Southern Combined, is that, is that right? Southern Combination. Southern Combination, yeah. yes. And so you've won that, but this time there was the option for a promotion, which you've taken, which puts you up into the Ismian League in the, the second of the two levels in the Ismian, um, which uh, is step four. And you also, of course, went a step further in the FA Vars by getting to that final. So um, a superb year last year. Tell us about the, le- the league campaign. How did that go? The league campaign, um, from start to finish, we... We were very, we were a very track-minded team, and we were our managers set the team up, so we were constantly attacked, attacked, attacked. And as you know, in football, you know you might lose occasional game by being caught on the counter attack, but we won so many games, and that always set the momentum going. You know, if you win a sort of three or four on a trot, you might lose the occasional one, but you're setting the momentum going, aren't you? And by the end of it, their attacking policy worked, and we had a great battle with um, teams like Exil, Saltdean, Eastbourne Town, but we come out on top, and it was a fantastic season for us, and a very good, I think we scored some like 120 goals. Blimey. <laughs> how many we conceded, but we did score a lot of goals, and I think we entertained a lot of the crowds that come to our home matches and some away matches. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be an attacking style and an entertaining style to entertain those crowds by the number of goals you just said you scored. That's a, that's a pretty impressive tally by anyone's reckoning, I think. Um, and you've got uh, joint managers, um, which is an interesting setup. You've got, as I understand it, Mitchell Hand, who's purely as a manager, and George Gaskin, who is also a player. Um, and in fact was, I think, injured in the FA Vars final, wasn't he? Unfortunately for him. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how has it worked as a management pairing, obviously it's gone very well because you've got to a final and won some local cups as well and got promoted, but in terms of the dynamic it's pretty rare nowadays to get joint managers, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's obviously working out well, isn't it, for them? Yeah, I think they complement each other very well. Um, they want them to talk or one of them says, you know, if it needs to be said, and they swap the roles around, which is very good. Oh. And they really work you know, well together, and we've seen them, and they're great communicators and practitioners on the pitch. 
and for us it's like a dream pairing so yeah, it went really well for us and me being his chairman I think well you know how lucky was I to fall upon that <laughs> indeed yeah and speaking of you as chairman how long have you been in the role Rob? oh probably about 10 years now oh right yeah, 10 years yeah, and you're, I mean, I see the logo on the club's um, crest. It says the word progress. Clearly, <laughs> that's a very suitable one at the moment. I don't know how long that's been on the crest, but it certainly applies to what's going on at the moment. Um, how have you found it? Ten years then in, in the role, um, there must have been a lot of challenges along the way. There's loads of challenges, and you have to accept the challenges. But you've also got to bring those challenges on to you, haven't you? You know, you... you I never um, say, you know, oh, we're, we're without friendship and that, we do that. I always say, let's go for it. Let's make it happen. Let's go out there. Let's make it happen. Let's gamble a little bit. Let's try a few things. Some may not pay off. Some do. You know, uh, we won the title in 2015, which is a tremendous achievement. But me personally, I've got a few things wrong, which I take on the chin. And mm. we got relegated three seasons later. But we have to come back stronger from there, learn from our mistakes and take on these challenges and I would be lying if I said oh, everyone I got right because that is not true and you have to think okay yeah what did we do wrong now how are we going to improve that and as a club as you said progress we, we try and progress and um, we're looking always ahead I never like to look behind I think right, okay I learned from that bit of history but I'm looking forward and how am I going to improve this club and we all do it as a team we're a bunch of mates running the football club it's not just me we're a team that team and committee members hmm. and I guess the sky's the limit isn't it I know you know, a bit of an off day just happened to be on the case for the FA Vars final but obviously the the league season shows how well you are doing as a, as a club and as a team um, looking forward and you talk about challenges obviously you're stepping up into a new division which is the first time they've been at that level um, it's the South East Division by the way of the Ismian that they've moved into which is the one below the Ismian Prem um, and you, um, obviously, there's going to be challenges involved in that, not only for the for the managers and for the players, but also for you as chairman. A lot of prep, um, guessing, needs to be done, um, certainly to do with the ground. I'm imagining there's certain requirements every time you step up a level. Is that the case with you guys there for next season? That is a massive case, yes. We had to re completely develop our changing rooms. We're all busy as a committee sitting there. We're probably about five o'clock tonight I'll have a paint brush in the hand and I'll be painting inside the changing rooms alongside some other committee members even some of the players have got involved in painting and completely redeveloping the changing rooms we, we've had to do a lot um, we've had to get turnstiles in we've had to get sort of a, a container so we can use it as a bit of an office we have had to you know, completely change it around a lot what we do with the sports field but we got accepted we knew what would have to be if we got promoted and we embraced it and say come on let's give it a go and that's that's what we're doing but yeah it's been hard work but I was always thought maybe find a bit of hard work Brilliant. You've got a lot of these stories. You know, the, the chairman's there with his paintbrush. That's great. <laughs> Superb to hear. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing, in terms of the size of the ground, the sports field holds 4,000, doesn't it? Which was the, the the attendance for that FA Cup game I mentioned in the past. I think you had pretty much up to those levels for the Vars semi, didn't you, as well, I think? Yeah, we did, yeah. 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 Is that, I'm assuming that, that number is fine for the for the division, isn't it? You don't need to, you didn't need to expand as such. You just no, needed to no, improve no, certain I things. If we got three and a half thousand, each um, 
I mean, it's growing all the time, though, isn't it? Non-league football is getting more popular. More and more people are turning to it, either as well as or instead of um, high-level football, the pro game. Um, have you noticed an increase in the attendances? I mean, I guess you would have done anyway because of a promotion campaign. But is it a very notable difference that it's gone up to? I think um, you're 100% right. I think somewhere people are looking at the Premiership and the Championship and saying, oh... Yeah, there's big money, it's all controlled by TV, it's it's what they, you know, how they want to run their football, but for us as like a non-league team, I think there's a definitely resurgence in people thinking, oh I can go there, I can see a bit of football, I can get myself a burger, I can get myself a cup of tea, it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to get in, mm-hmm. and people are coming down and thinking, oh well I've just had just as much good entertainment as there is, is watching the Premiership now. And I think in the last two or three seasons, and I felt um, when the first COVID season, before COVID came in there, uh, gates were up by 15%. And of course, in COVID, it's difficult to um, see how the figures would have been. But obviously, last season, even the start of the season, before we really started getting on a roll, is that, again, their attendance is up by 20%, and of course, it then went through the roof once we started getting so deep into the cup competitions and heading towards winning the league. But yeah. yes, there's a definite resurgence in um, non-league football. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's little things as well. Like you can, you can normally keep an eye on the game while you're getting a burger or drinks, and you can drink inside of the pitch. And it's a family-friendly atmosphere usually. They don't really get trouble uh, or, or particularly aggressive attitude amongst fans. Not, not normally, anyway. <laughs> um, and so it, it's great. I, I recommend it. I, I really enjoy going to non-league games. And Rob, we are hoping to get down to Littlehampton, so we might give you a shout if we're if we're getting down there to. Uh, match day special yeah maybe hook up with you again for a chat then um, but all I can say is the best of luck for the coming season I'm um, hoping you're all set to go and I hope you have a, a great campaign have you got a prediction where you think you might finish just to finish honestly I would say mid-table we're going into a league we don't know a huge lot about don't know about the opposition we played a few of them but as you know in, in non-league football teams can change one minute they're up then they're down so there might be quite a bit of changing sort of like personnel through the uh, close season yeah. so we'll see but yeah if I, I think mid-table I don't want to go sort of like saying oh we'll do this we'll do that I'll be quite happy with mid-table yeah. that would do the job wouldn't it for the time being and, um, yeah it would be excellent yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Rob. We wish you the very best of luck for the season, and we will catch up with you again when we get down to the ground later in the campaign. I appreciate the call. Excellent. No problem at all. Cheers for now. And so now it is time to talk Worthing again. And I have back with me a friend of the show, uh, Worthing commentator for Match Days, Home and Away, and also a co-podcaster on the Rebel Yell podcast, Worthing Fans uh, Pod. It is Mr. Peter Vale. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me, Russ. Pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you on. It's, it's great and good to see you resplendent in your Worthing top. You've always got some garb on, which well, is great. Well, what it, what it was, was I was working today, so I had a shirt on, and then it was come home and decided to go for a walk. Hmm. And it was like, I don't want to get the ironing board out. <laughs> what can I put on? 
So it's just a football shape because you don't have to iron them, do you, really? You certainly don't. <laughs> It's almost as if they're not very natural materials, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but nice and sunny um, where you are by the looks of it. Still got the evening sun coming through the window there behind you. All good? Just, just about all good. Yeah, it's been a bit, been a bit hot though, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a little, it has been a little bit. Just to quickly ask, are you, are you based in Worthing itself, by the way? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm not far from the town centre. So, ah, perfect, yeah. which also means not too far from the, from the ground as well, which is convenient for match days. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you wouldn't want to be missing any of the action with the way things have gone for Worthing last season. Obviously, they've finally got that unfinished business sorted, haven't they? The furloughs, the lockdowns, the delays. It was a long promotion in the offing. Finally happened last season. You got over the line. I'm not sure if I've spoken to you since they did so, actually, before they they clinched the promotion. So how was the run-in for you, sir? <laughs> it, it was it was, it was was really good. Um, like I said to you before we came on, that... Uh, Sort of, uh, after we got promotion at Bowers and Pitsy, then sort of after that, most, most Saturdays turned into a bit of a blur. <laughs> so, so, um, obviously last, you know, we, we, we kept it all up, uh, our form and everything, which was, which was really positive. Uh, didn't quite hit the 100 points, but, but we, ne- we nearly managed it, but we hit 100, 100, 101 goals or 100 goals in the end. Courtesy of Jasper Pattenden on the last day of the season. Yeah. Who, who has now been signed by Wickham Wanderers in the Football League. So we're keeping up our tradition of sending a player every season to the Football League, which is yeah. something to be proud of. Yeah. Just for anyone that's not familiar with the past names, I, I'm, I am a little bit, but I'm trying to recall some of the details. Who's gone out before? Because I think there's a fellow that was at Sutton and he's moved on somewhere else now, hasn't he? Yeah, it's David Ajaboye, uh, who went to, he was, he, he was at Brighton at one point, uh, yeah. went to, went to Sutton and now he's gone on to Peterborough. Um, and then we had Ricky Aguiar, who's now at um, Swindon, um, and he started in the trophy the other night. So that was the season before. So yeah, it's a bit of um, we, we're churning them out, mate. We're churning them out. <laughs> it's not bad going, is it? There's a there's a guy at Brentford, isn't there, as well? Although um, yeah. I don't know if he's still there or whether he's going to break in. But no, he's... yeah, Finn Stevens. Uh, I think that was the season before. Yeah, there's Ricky. Ricky, sorry, the season before Jasper. Jasper. Um, and then Finn Stevens was in the middle of them too, and he went off to Brentford, and this summer he signed a five-year contract with Brentford. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's all it's all very positive. Forgot about him. Well done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's so many you see, it's hard yeah. to keep up, isn't it? That's um, it. Speaking of Jasper Patented, of course, fantastic game. Uh, fa- sorry, fantastic season he had and a fantastic goal in that final game. Uh, I was out of the match uh, behind the goal when he scored it. A cracker, an absolute cracker, which was the winner, a 1-0 to finish the season in style. Um, and, of course, then the trophy lift thereafter. I'll ask you about that in a minute. But just to quickly mention, actually, because we had the Littlehampton chairman on there in the first part of the pod, um, uh, his brother plays for Littlehampton, doesn't he? I believe Jasper's brother. I think. Yeah, he, he does, and obviously he played at Wembley last season. Um, I know Jasper went there to support him. I think it's. I think his name Lucas. Lucas Pattenden. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Apologies yeah. if I got that wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Lucas. Okay. Um, but again, you know, um, yeah, two, both of them are wingers. Uh, both both decent players, and you know, uh, Jasper actually said to me, he said, oh, "I'd love to have had the opportunity to play at Wembley." Although he's got the move into a club that plays in the football league, so that was quite an interesting conversation with him, really. 
Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, and of course, unlucky for Littlehampton on the day. But um, I, I'm looking at uh, looking at his brother Lucas. They're very similar looking, and they play in the, in the same position, don't they? Yeah, which is pretty confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Penguin is he's got yellow and gold on, and Jasper used to play in red, so it should yeah. be all right. Should be and we'll be in blue, 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 or shades of blue. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, we, we mentioned the final game of the season there and, and, and the running, obviously, where they got over the line, they, they did it in style, comfortably promoted in the ends. They carried it on pretty well, just missed out on 100 points, but they, they still got a hell of a good total of, of points for the season. And um, I, I don't know if there's anything more you wanted to, to mention with regards to the run in itself, but I was going to ask you also about the uh, that final match and the, the post-match stuff, the trophy lift, uh, the celebrations afterwards. Tell us all about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, to, to be honest though, it was sort of, when we, when we got back from Bowers and Pitsy, the day we clinched it, when we came back that night to the club and, um, there was a lot of fans there waiting and I, I was on, I, I was on, on the tech saying we're five minutes away, we're five minutes away on the coach and on all the rest of it. And then they're doing sort of a lot of fans came out and applauded him off the coach and into the ground. And, um, there must have been 80 to 100 people in, you know, in, in the clubhouse. And then the players on top of it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just singing songs, just having, we just, it was just the most fantastic, fantastic evening. Uh, you know, I, and I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was really good. At one point, some of the players would be on the bar just serving the drinks and I'm looking at, I'm looking at the chairman. I'm thinking he's, he's going to get a right sweat on here in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> with him with just filling up the trophy and us all drinking out the cup. Which is, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it was all like, there's still COVID going around, you know, <laughs> we all drink, drinking out of this cup. So yeah. yeah, that was a special night and the celebrations after getting the trophy. Um, yeah, it was, it was re- really, really good. And like I said earlier, it was so well deserved after the COVID and all the rest of it that we maintain that consist- consistency on a regular basis at level and it kept the core of the squad together. Um, couple of signings even there, but nothing major to what we had sort of three years ago. And it's just testament to the players that they stayed so professional through it, through it all and yeah. finally got us over the line into the sort of promised land, as it were. Yeah. A couple of quick questions on what you just said there. First of all, did you get applauded off the coach as well as the players or, or did they stop applauding when you stepped off? <laughs> stop, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must be brilliant actually traveling back with the players for that one as well, you know, for celebrations on, on board. Yeah, it was, it was a bit, a bit, a bit rowdy. It was, it was, <laughs> it was really good. And there was, uh, there was quite a few empty cans and bottles we had to clean up when we got back. <laughs> and the other question also related to drink. Then you say they were pouring the drinks. I imagine they probably didn't waste too much beer because they, I'm imagining massive heads on pint glasses here. They're probably not experts, I'm assuming, unless any of them work in bars. Yeah, you had to let them set up for about 10 minutes before you could drink them, but <laughs> apart from that, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was a truly fantastic season, a great achievement. Worthing, I mean, we were, say, talking to the Littlehampton uh, chairman earlier, and um, they've got promoted into the Ismin second tier for the first time in their history, I believe it is. Um, Worthing, obviously, have gone from, from the first... Sorry, Hastings have gone from the second tier to the first tier, and Worthing have gone from the first tier of that of that particular league into the National South. So everyone's going up a level, which is great to see. As far as it goes for Worthing, yeah, first time in the National League South. Um, how did the preparations go? Have you been able to 
gauge much of what's been going on behind the scenes in terms of any ground improvements needed, um, any, any particular recruitment elements that were needed? Because I noticed a couple of um, ex-Albion players have, have been added to the equation on the ex-Albion front. <laughs> Mr. Adam Alab. That's the chance, isn't it, for him? Yeah. Um, it, it didn't actually, he's obviously featured a bit in pre-season, um, but it, it didn't feature on Saturday. He was on the bench. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, Jake Robinson came in. Uh, he, he used to be Brighton under 18s. Kane Wills used to be Brighton under 18s. Has been at Dorking, um, and Eastbourne before that. Um, Jake Robinson's had a host of clubs, hasn't he? Hmm. And these are all a better level, as you said. Yeah. Kane Wills. I mean, those other clubs are obviously were at the level where they're at now. Um, so that, that all sounds like useful recruitment. Um, and, um, we'll get on to the new season in a minute, but I know Jake scored on his debut, didn't he? Um, at the weekend. He did. And then unfortunately, in the second half, he's picked up an injury. Oh, was he? Um, now I spoke to him Tuesday evening and he was saying it's, it's not as bad as it, it, it was on Sunday after the day after the game. Um, he's booked in for a scan next week, but he's hoping that it might not be needed now. So it's all everything crossed at the moment because he's a real fox in the box. He's different gravy, to be honest. Uh, you know, seeing him in pre-season, you know, just scoring, scoring goals for fun and his yeah. movement, his movement. And with our front three, the defenders don't know which way to go, who to pick up. And it's, it looks like we're going to have a real, you know, good attacking force with, with the I, team. I think he's an excellent acquisition, just what you need. He's got the experience at that level, as well as obviously higher as well. Yeah. And yeah, he's a nippy player, unpredictable. Always thought he, he looked the part, and I think I, I'm surprised he didn't quite make the grade a little bit more when he was with us at the Albion beforehand, but um, nonetheless, you know, he's he's been great. He played at uh, Whitehawk, I think, as well, a few years ago, didn't he? Um, which was also at a similar level, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, but he's, you know, he's been at clubs like Luton, Shrewsbury and Northampton. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's, he's got pedigree, hasn't he? So, Absolutely. And, and, and that, you know, okay, he's, what is he, 30, 35 now, I think he is. Yeah. Um, but he's still got it. He's still got it as far as I'm concerned from what I've seen. And he doesn't, he doesn't look 35 either. <laughs> He looks about 25. It's, it's unreal. He's, he looks yeah, like... I, I, I don't look 35 either. Um, unfortunately, that's because I'm older than that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be what it is, Russ. <laughs> but, uh, but any other recruitment in terms of, I mean, there must have been a bit of churn because obviously they lost Patton and they lost a couple of other players, I think, didn't they, um, along the way? Yeah, we bought, um, Lewis White in. Um, he started as a Millwall under 18 player and with, he sort of left, um, he's, he had a spell at Concord Rangers who were Obviously, uh, National League. And then he was, he's been with Cole Shorten for a few seasons. And I know Adam was looking at him. I think I'm allowed to say this now. He was looking at him a few seasons ago. And I know there was phone calls, but, uh, we couldn't tempt him down here. But now we're in National League South. He's, uh, he's come and joined the ranks. So that's a good signing. And then we got, uh, Dan Bowery, um, who's come from Kings Lynn. Apparently Kings Lynn have gutted to, I've lost him. Um, but he's, he's got appearances in, in League Two and the EFL Trophy. So again, he's only 24, um, one with experience and, you know, uh, yeah, one for the future as well. So I think the rec- recruitment's been really, really good. Yeah. And I haven't even mentioned that a young laddie from our academy yet. Who, Go on. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rye centre back. We got the team sheet on Saturday. He was like, he's had a good pre-season and we were like, Okay, he's starting in the middle because Aaron was seen suspended from a game last season. He's obviously our club captain who plays central defence. 
so we went with three at the back, Joel Colbran, Joe Rye, and Cameron Tut, uh, ex-Brighton. <laughs> um, yeah, and this eight, so I think he's 17, 17, and he did, he didn't look out of place. He had an absolutely exceptional game, Joe Rye. He just won every header. His positioning was spot on, and you know he kept Adam Alad out of the team really because Adam Alad was on was on the bench. So there's another name to watch. But then again, maybe I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> get the get the big club sniffing around him. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, an amazing performance from such a such a young player. Yeah, and it seems. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say it seems as if the plans are still working along nicely um, in terms of the. You know, just continuing to build on what, what's happened so far. Um, it looks yeah. like they're not, they're not slowing down with the recruitment, getting the right kind of players in, and um, and hopefully they'll hit the ground running. Um, started the, uh, started the season with a one-all draw with Dover, wasn't it? The, the game in which Jack Robinson gave uh, the Rebels the lead, ended up yeah. one-all. Um, Dover, that's probably an interesting fixture to start with, because obviously two divisions apart last season, they got yeah. relegated, although there were extenuating circumstances. Oh, yes, <laughs> and they had a very major points deduction for anyone that doesn't know. Um, and they did get they did get relegated pretty convincingly in the end. But then again, if you've got that much of a points deduction, you've probably lost a load of players and um, the demoralised and whatever else is going on. So the the points they did get was probably not a fair reflection of the team. However, you know you, you never quite know what they're going to be like when they drop down. So I mean, you you're at the game, I assume. And, and if you were, what do you make of them? And how how do you think it's a measure for Worthing's season, how it might shape up for them? I thought it was it was a really interesting test because, like you say, we we didn't know sort of what to expect. Um, well, myself personally, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I've, I've watched games at this level before. I've been up to Dorking a few times and watched Dorking. And you can see how much... Uh, faster and more physical the game is. So it was, so I was going into it thinking, well, will we be able to cope with the physicality? Um, wouldn't, wouldn't have a problem with the, the pace of the game because we have got quick, you know, quick players, but the physicality. Um, and I, I, I think we acquitted ourselves really well. Um, we probably should have been two or three up at half time, to be totally honest. Um, but then, you know, they, they equalized. It was Lee Martin who used to play for Man United back in the day. Oh, yeah. And Ipswich, yeah, and he, you know, he's again, he's 35 and you can still see the quality he, he had in the midfield, you know, his passing, his range of passing, his movement. Um, and he, and he got, got forward and got in the box and got the equalizer before half time. And then beginning the second half, uh, won a penalty, another new signing, Boba Moradov. I hope I was pronouncing that right. Um, won, won a penalty and unfortunately, Oli Pierce sent the keeper the wrong way, but. <laughs> But, um, unfortunately put it wide at the post. Um, so yeah, so that was an opportunity. And I think the last 20 minutes, because Dover had had a really bad pre-season. I um, think they'd, they'd only won sort of one game. And I think Ramsgate done them 3-0. Uh, they lost at Folkestone. Um, so, so, you know, obviously we're looking at that and thinking, well, we should, we should be able to do these here. But last 20 minutes, they seem to sort of settle in. If, I would say if it weren't for a great save by Harrison Mayo, we might have lost that game. Um, so, but it's, it's, it's just a great, great learning, learning curve for the players really that they know now exactly what they can face. And we've got another, you know, tough test on Saturday coming up away at Welling, who again have recruited very well. Um, they've got a couple of players who have played in, um, I think one of them has played in the premiership, played in the Scottish premiership. Um, 
so yeah, they've got a few who have been around a bit, and yeah, it's going to be another an, another difficult test. Right. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how they get on. I mean, I could see them certainly finishing comfortable mid-table is my guesstimate of it, and maybe a lot better. Who knows? Um, I guess that it's going to be a, a teething period, isn't it, in the first few weeks, isn't it? And hopefully we'll get along to a game soon. Um, just going back to the stadium, as I've, I've got the, uh, the I've, I've popped the Falmouth Stadium image on the background here while we're chatting. I've got to ask you about the Senior Cup in a minute as well, actually. I should should have come to that sooner. sooner. But um, in terms of stadium preps, do you know what they've had to do um, in terms of improvements? There must have been some uh, adjustments needed, I'm, I'm guessing, required for the uh, for the new level? Um there will be adjustments and improvements that need to be done, but it's it's uh, by the end of by the end of March. Yeah, you, you keep you keep changing your screen. You I, can, me I off. guess I'll be brighter. I'm going to turn the light on while you're talking. Actually, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, there's there's obviously some ground rating regulations that we have to adhere to at this level, um, but like I say most of them. You know, uh, we, we need to, we need to do by March, but on an exciting front, and you might be interested in this being sort of, uh, same ilk as me, is that we've, we've now got a new bar and a fan zone at Woodside Road Ooh. behind, behind the Woodside Road end of the ground. Right. So we've got a nice area there. Um, the bars there, there's still some improvements that got to be done there, but yeah, it officially opened last week and it's a nice, uh, big open space for the play, uh, fans to congregate. And, and have a drink pre-match and sort, sort of get, get everyone in the mood, get the songs going and, and take you from there. Yeah. So, Is that yeah. Where, the, where, the, where there was a bar or a kiosk before? Have they just expanded that bit or have they moved it across or something? There, there was a, I don't know if you, you know, it could be the big, big brick building at the front. Used, yep. it, it's a gym. Yes. Um, and that used to be a bar back in the day. But it's it's just directly behind that, and before the the stand that I call the away boys stand because it's generally the end we like to kick to in the second half. Yes. So it, it, yeah, it's between it's between those two, and I think that's going to be sort of really exciting developments as it as it improves because obviously there's still work that needs to be done there, but it's open and it's functioning. Great, can't wait to get down there. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, have they improved the range of beers as well? Because that was the one thing with a lot of clubs. It's good if you can get a few more in. I don't know if they've been able to do that. I don't think they've got many more in. I think they've changed it a little bit. I know they took my um, my Bex off, which is a bit, so yeah. Maybe it's just oh, yeah. Eaters yeah. upset. <laughs> <laughs> I made my feelings known. <laughs> um, but no, it's there, there is a range. You've got a you know a pale ale and your ciders and a couple of you know stronger lagers and good old Budweiser. <laughs> well, that, that all does the job, doesn't it? For now, and I, th- I think they can get more sales, or they can get more um, sales through the door. Um, you know, during and half time, etc. It's, it's all good, isn't it? Because it, it satisfies the public more, and it gets yeah. more money into the coffers as well. Which that's it. That's it. I think that was one of the problems last season. And and I've, you know, this is, this is why Worthing's so good because the board have took that criticism that oh, I won't even bother to queue for a drink because it it takes too long. Yeah. So so they've gone out. They've sorted this fan zone out. Got us a bar there. They're doing. They're doing some pre-pouring a few minutes before sort of half time and That's when they know there's people going to be piling in. Um, so yeah, and it worked really well. And I went in the bar Saturday at half time to get my second half drink, of course. Um, and the, and, and the queue is nowhere near what 
you would expect, and there was over 1,500 people there. So, so yeah, it was really positive. And, and I think that's the thing, you know, if there's a criticism at the club, the board will take it on board and they'll go away, look at how they can improve it. And even with the food, we've, you know, um, noticed the last few games, we've had sort of a couple of pop-up kiosks. Yeah. Where, where sat these, uh, one, one of the stalls was doing, um, pizzas in a wood fired thingamajig. And there was another stall, can't remember what they were doing. It might have been a, burger or something but um but yeah but yeah it's it sorted the cues out the club listens get it done and the punters are happy so then they're going to spend more money that's great i mean that, that's one of the missing ingredients i thought was just having a little bit better options um food and drink so it sounds like they're sorting it out as much as they can do within the you know within the footprint they've got there at the stadium um that's brilliant that's all good news yeah yeah really really good and i can't wait to get down there as i said um just quickly backtracking to the mentioned about the Sussex Senior Cup on. Did you manage to go along to that as well? Um at the end of last season? Yes, I'm I must admit I got invited to have the older corporate um <laughs> so so uh, yeah, I, I I actually didn't like I was like uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it had had to be done. I, I presume you might have been along at some point before you've been to the Amex before. I've been to the Amex before, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there when Forest were there. Yeah, I was going to say, well, they'll be, they'll be there again this season. Speaking of your, uh, your, uh, first love, I guess we could say, um, Forrest finally back in the Prem. Quick word on that. 23 years, I think it is. 23 years. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was good, but obviously, you know, I'd say Worthing's my sort of main love now because right. of going, commentating on Worthing week in, week out. And, you know, obviously I keep my eye on Forrest if on the telly, I'll watch him and all the rest of it, but I don't go to games anymore. I used to follow him if they were down sort of London way, Crystal Palace. And sorry, I shouldn't say that's usually, uh, <laughs> but around sort of, you know, Portsmouth, if we were playing them or whatever, I used to follow him then, but sort of since I've discovered Worthing, it's sort of gone on the back burner in a way, but it was lovely to see him promoted. Yeah. 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 I, we did have a bottle of bubbles here that evening. It's like, cause it's been that long, hasn't it? It's been, it's been painful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's been a long wait and yeah, they, they've deserved to, they've deserved it based on our season. And I think, you know, um, you can still enjoy them even if it is secondarily nowadays. Um, the good thing is obviously Worthing often play, usually playing at three o'clock on a Saturday. Um, Premier League being the Premier League, <laughs> you could probably see Forrest live on TV anyway most of the time. Yeah, probably six o'clock on a Friday morning or something <laughs> yeah. in the Premier League. <laughs> Anything is possible with the Premier League, I've got to say. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, I mean that, that covers most of it, Peter. I don't know if there's anything, any other news or views or, or interesting stories that have come up from Worthing since we were last chatting to you. Um, Always on the go, Worthing. I mean, it's, it's constantly changing. It's, it's getting a very vibrant place to, to be. The football team, I think, is, is a really good timing in terms of its success for reflecting that as well, actually. Um, mm. crowds obviously are going to stay up and maybe go up a bit more. You said 1500 for the first game. Um, what's it, what's the situation in terms of season tickets and sort of price to get in and that sort of stuff? I, I know that's not your, but working for the club, I'm, I imagine you know some of those details, uh, as the community. Well, it's, it was record season ticket sales this season. Um, which obviously is, is ex- excellent news for the club because obviously that money's in the coffers now and, you know, helps, helps them to budget. But, but, um, yes, uh, to get entry now, I think it's, um, 15 pound on the gate. It's either 15 or 14. I think it might be 15. And if you buy your ticket online before, it's 14. 
Hmm. So you get a quid offer by booking it in advance because it makes the turnstiles move quicker, et cetera, et cetera. So it eliminates queues. Um, so, but yeah, the fan vibe is absolutely brilliant. Everyone's just so excited for this season. You know, it's like bring on the next game. It's like, you know, usually the league is quite top heavy this time of the season in the national league. Um, with, you know, a Saturday match and then a Tuesday match. So our first away game is actually Weymouth next Tuesday, which right. is. Which is lovely for the league to do away with on a Tuesday night, but <laughs> it's going to be a late one for me. Um, but yeah, but every, every game I'm looking at and obviously doing my match research and I'm looking at the players in the opposition, you know, and you see where they've been and where they've played and you're like, oh, this is going to be a good matchup in that midfield. Let's see how, you know, like Mar- Marvin Armstrong, you know, in our midfield, obviously he's, he's sort of pre- progressed with us. I know he's played, but he's never played at this level before. So it's nice to see how, how they're going to cope with this, with, with the, you know, the mentality, the physicality and how it's going to affect their game, how they need to change their game to work around these players who have got that mouse and that, that know-how. They're playing at higher levels. So yeah, it's just really exciting. Yeah. Finally, for me, um, I mentioned earlier that Littlehampton, Hastings, Worthing all moved, all shunted up one. Um, it could have happened for Eastbourne Borough as well. They were yeah. pushing there with the playoffs, weren't they? Unfortunately, couldn't get over the line. But what that does mean, of course, is a Sussex derby at the level still, which is going to be great. Um, I suppose that should be interesting because they get decent crowds as well. They've been at that level for a while now as well. Yeah. Um, are you looking forward to that one? Uh, have you got any previous history memories of uh, playing Eastbourne? I haven't with Eastbourne, um, but obviously it's one it's one we're looking forward to. Um, it's sort of Eastbourne and Haven't and Waterlooville are going to be our sort of local games. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, over Christmas, the league have put us against Hampton and Richmond, and it's like on the bank holidays, it's like it's not a local derby, is it? You know, <laughs> yeah, because generally we get bogged down the road on on those sort of occasions. But yeah, so they give a Hampton and Richmond, <laughs> so that that's an interesting one. But yeah, I think those are the two sort of local locally derbies that we're going to have now is Eastbourne and having a Waterlooville, yeah. which will which will be nice to have a couple of local games because we've got a bit of travelling this season. Yeah, definitely. I've I've been to both those grounds actually. As it happens. Um, but I'm, I probably will try and make a visit down to Eastbourne as well as one of our features on Sussex Non-League anyway. Um, maybe, if possible, I'll try and get along to that the game against Worthing. That would be ideal, um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's vibrant. It's exciting. There's lots going on with Non-League. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing some more of it. And, um, well, by the way, um, you've been swearing quite a bit on this podcast. You mentioned Crystal Palace and Bogner. <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's a family podcast, it's not really. But, uh, <laughs> I do apologise. I, yeah, I can't believe I said, said the B word, to be honest. <laughs> um, well, on that note, um, just leaves me really to say, looking forward to getting down to Seaworthing as well this season. No doubt we'll try and hook up with you when we are down there. Um, we'll, we'll be to one or two home games, I'm sure, uh, at least, and a couple of aways as well, if not more, depending on schedules and everything. Um, but we wish you and everyone at Worthing the very best of luck for the new season. Fingers crossed. And... Um, I'm going to predict somewhere in upper mid table for this season. Have you got, have you got an early prediction where you might finish? Okay. I done um, a prediction sheet, which I put out uh, and asked fans for, just for bragging rights to fill in. And the highest position anybody put us was third. The lowest position anybody put us was 12th. Right. That's so, so that's what the 
sort of the ballpark the fans are thinking of. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking top ten. Yeah, yeah, I get top ten. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking top ten. And if yeah. if we get if because obviously promotion gets um, playoffs go down to seventh. So if we sneak seventh, that would be a Brucey bonus. To be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even if even if that didn't end in promotion, it would be a a useful yeah. exercise for the following season as well, wouldn't it? I think. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, that's that's great. Well, Peter, thank you very much for joining me. And, no, thank uh, you. For- so very best of luck for the season, and we'll look forward to catching up with you in due course. Thanks for having me, Russ. Cheers. So you've now heard from Rob Bakerlees, the Littlehampton Town Chairman, and from Peter Vale from Worthing FC. Um, just to quickly mention, if you are checking out Littlehampton, uh, they're called the Marigolds, founded in 1896. Their home ground is the Sports Field in Littlehampton, which holds 4,000. Chairman Rob Bakerlees, managers Mitchell Hand and George Gaskin. Uh, they're in the Ismian League South East Division next season. And if you want to go along, you can check out their details online, of course, and book tickets. They're all quite reasonably priced. I think you can get match tickets on the day as well. As for Worthing, of course, the Rebels, also known as the Mackerel Men, Ismian League Premier Division last season, now up into the National League South. They are owned by George Dowell. Uh, the arena is the Woodside Road ground. Adam Hinchelwood, former Albion player, of course, is their manager. And the chairman is Barry Hunter. As I said, they're called the Rebels or the Mackerel Men. And as Peter was saying in the interview, you can get tickets online in advance for £14 or £15 on the gate. That's assuming that it hasn't sold out. It may get towards those stages as the season progresses. The third and final feature that we have for you is with Hastings United. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to get hold of the people we wanted to to speak to ahead of doing this podcast. But just a quick focus on them in general. They are Hastings United Football Club, previously known as Hastings Town. They play at the Pilot Field, one of a number of rather distinctively named um, stadiums and grounds across Sussex. Uh, The Dripping Pan, of course, being another classic. But yeah, this is the Pilot Field they play at. You will probably recognise the name of their manager, Gary Elphick, brother of Tommy and former Albion player very briefly, of course, in his case. Um, The chairman and CEO is Billy Wood. Uh, they were founded in 1893, and their nickname is, well, quite simply, the U's. Um, and they are now in the Ismian League Premier Division following their promotion last season. Um, the game's still taking place at the pilot field, a ground they've been at since 1985. And looking back at their history, just doing a bit of research online, some quite curious um, bits of info. The club was founded in 1893 as Rockanore. That's Rock-A-N-O-R-E, Rockanore. And they joined the East Sussex Football League in 1904, going on to become founder members of the Sussex County Football League, which, of course, in modern times is called the Southern Combination. Um, so, yeah, an interesting background there. They've um, got some big crowds down there as well, same as Worthing. They're really good crowds. Things are on the up. They're ambitious. They're building their club up bit by bit, and they are advancing through the level. As you know from our coverage of the Ismian League last season, in a little bit of detail, it is a tough division. There are a lot of good teams there. Uh, competition was strong. 
certain clubs, I think, could easily have gone up and didn't. And if they've been able to keep their strength and depth, they will be challenging at the top end of the table. Can Hastings follow suit? Well, a lot of teams seem to be at a very similar level within the division. So there's every hope that they might manage to do so. We're going to probably get along to them at some point. And what's interesting is, um, through somebody I know, there's apparently um, a, f- a few Hastings fans that go along together as friends in their 80s, I think. They're all in their 80s. And absolutely passionate Hastings fans. We're hoping and planning to hook up with them when we do a match day special, which could bring some colour and entertainment to matters, not least also to tell us a little bit more about um, the history and what it's like to be a Hastings fan through all those years. So... We wish them the very best of luck. Sorry there's not more on them in the form of an interview, but we will be hoping to get Billy Wood in for an interview at some point during the season, and we're certainly hoping to get down there. We'll also be at Worthing and possibly at Littlehampton. So, good luck to all three of those teams, the Marigolds, the Ewes, and the Rebels. And that signs off this episode for now. And all I will add in is, of course, just from an Albion point of view, we're hoping that we'll all be able to get down to the game, despite train disruption all over the place, as we face Newcastle United this weekend, Saturday, 3pm kickoff. We're going to be in Lewis pre-match, meeting up with a number of people, possibly getting a bit of audio for our next podcast from Geordie Russell, uh, a friend of... Uh, a friend of the show, David, and getting his views possibly pre- and post-match as well. Either way round, we'll have some audio content probably from tomorrow's game, and also we will have a review coming up next week. That will be our next episode. So finally, to round off this episode, a couple of bits of Albion news to add in. Shane Duffy, who who has moved to Fulham, I don't think we've mentioned that on this pod. He's gone out on a season-long loan, and his contract is due to finish at the end of that period, although I believe we have a one-year option. So interesting move for him. Probably a good move for him to get some uh, some game time and might help Fulham out as well. We wish him the best. Other bit of Albion news is that Andrew Moran, attacking midfielder for Albion's uh, age groups, uh, the under-23s namely, um, is now on to a new contract. He's renewed and extended his deal. He is now with us until 2025. So we'll be back with our Newcastle coverage for the next episode. Until then, stand or fall, up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.